Hello and welcome back to Green Planet. My name's Lucy and I'm going to be your host. Today we've got lots in store but we're focused on greenhouse gases. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Green Planet. So, greenhouse gases. You might remember that a few weeks ago I talked about fossil fuels and how they produce greenhouse gases when they are burned. But today I'm going to focus on the greenhouse gases and what is so bad about them being released. Now, greenhouse gases aren't a bad thing in small quantities. In fact, they have made this planet habitable for millions of species over the years. However, By us releasing greenhouse gases that aren't usually released, it causes a very big problem called climate change. This is because light and heat waves from the sun pass through the gases in our atmosphere and are absorbed by the surface of the earth and they warm the earth. The greenhouse gases trap the heat and insulate the earth a bit like a blanket. That is a natural process though, and it's fine. It gives the world the heat that it needs. But the problem is, by doing things such as burning fossil fuels, it produces more greenhouse gases, which means the atmosphere traps more heat than necessary and makes the world too hot to live in. That's why it's so vital that we all do our bit trying to reduce our greenhouse gas emissions. But now it's time for this week's joke of the week. So today's joke of the week kind of ties in with the whole climate change thing. Uh, The joke is, what's the difference between climate and weather? Well, you can't weather a tree, but you can climb it. Now it's time for green news. This week's green news is again about the climate crisis. The human cost of the climate crisis will hit harder, wider and sooner than previously believed, according to a study that shows a billion people will either be relocated or forced to go through insufferable heat for every additional 1 degree Celsius rise in the global temperature. In a worst-case scenario of accelerating emissions, areas currently home to a third of the world's population will be as hot as the hottest parts of the Sahara within 50 years, the paper warns. Even in the most optimistic outlook, 1.2 billion people fall outside a comfortable, suitable climate which humans have thrived for at least 6,000 years. The authors of the study say they were flawed and blown away by the findings because they had not expected our species to be so vulnerable. The numbers are flabbergasting. I literally did a double take when I first saw them, said Tim Lenton of Exeter University. I previously studied climate tipping points, which are usually considered apocalyptic, but this hit home harder. This puts the threat in very human terms, he continued. I find that article astonishing. 
is every week I go online trying to find some sort of environmental news to put on the podcast. And every week I look at all sorts of different articles and it really does show you just how much carbon emissions actually affect the planet and how quickly this is going to take a turn on us. As I said in a previous podcast, you can already see California is drowning and it's just unbelievable, really. Uh, You can check out some of these articles by yourself. There are quite a few that come on nearly every day on The Guardian or BBC News and there's many others. This one that I did today was from The Guardian, but there are tons that you can look at. And I thought I might add this because I thought you might want to know what is actually happening with the environment and be able to look it up for yourself so you can see. But on to environmentalists. Again, we don't have an interview today, but I found some information about a few different environmentalists and I found it quite interesting. I hope you will too. The first environmentalist I'm going to speak to you about today is Jane Goodall. Many of you all have heard of her. She's a really uh, good environmentalist and activist. She is most well known for her love of chimpanzees and her extensive years of field research on the species. Um, in July 1960, she travelled from England to Tanzania and set out to discover the secrets of the chimpanzee species. She even once said herself that she went to Tanzania as a scientist and came back as an activist. Now our second environmentalist I'm going to tell you about is Sylvia Earle. She pioneered the movement for the ocean exploration. Earl has spent more than 6,000 hours underwater and amongst the first underwater explorers to make use of scuba gear. After winning the 2009 TED Prize, Earl launched Mission Blue, an organisation working to establish marine protected areas, otherwise known as hope spots. Earl's continuous research is leading to a deeper understanding the world's oceans and how they must be protected. And finally, our last environmentalist of today is Wangari Maathi. She worked tirelessly for both land conservation and women's rights. She was the founder of the Green Belt Movement, which focused on environmental conservation and women's rights. In her native country of Kenya, in addition to being honoured by many world leaders for her efforts, she was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in 2004 for her approach to sustainable development, democracy and peace. But now it's time for today's upcycling topic. Today's topic is uh, making a miniature garden. You can do this indoors if you if you don't have a real garden, or you can do it outdoors, um, uh, and it can just be a little bit of fun. If you do do it indoors, it might be a bit harder to de- get things you need to make it. But I think it is really good for mini beasts and wildlife. 
Um, and if it is outside, it will give lots of different bugs a home and different types of mini beasts. If you have an old or broken tray, bucket, window box or any container like that lying around, you can use this as the base. Then grab a yogurt pot or a small plastic tub, but make sure you wash it first. Pour a layer of small stones into the bottom of the tray. Put in some compost. Dig a small hole for your plastic tub or pot and secure it in with soil. You may want to put some small pebbles around it to make it look nice and for even more mini beasts to hide underneath, yet still get plenty of drink. Fill the tub with water and this will act like a mini pond. You may see some dragonflies if you're lucky or maybe just some um, wood lice or uh, little worms. Next try adding some sticks and bark and beetles and wood lice would like this as well. Put in a rock with uh, some smaller rocks surrounding it. Um, this will help all sorts of mini bees and it's just a really nice atmosphere. And if you like you can add a plant or a weed in, maybe even add some grass or moss as um, it, somewhere outside. Now you can put it outside if you can, even if you just put it on a balcony or window ledge. Leave it there and see what wildlife comes to it and makes a home over the next few weeks or even months. If you like, you can check out the video on Instagram via my account called one underscore world 08. Remember, it's one the word, not the figure. Or you can go onto my YouTube channel as well. Just type in Green Planet. It should come up in Make a Miniature Garden. If it doesn't, just look it up via the channel. Uh, as I said, it was Green Planet. It's got the same logo as this podcast. And I would love to hear how you get on, so do comment what happened below or mess email me on 19howardlucy at gmail.com. But I'm afraid that's it for today, so I'll see you next week on Green Planet.